0: This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome into another edition of At The Turn. Nick, at the start of every episode, I say we have a big show coming up. And, you know, let's be honest, most of the time I'm lying. Today, I am not. The returning champ, our first Three-time guest in the history of At The Turn, assistant professional at Key West Golf Club, none other than Justin Smoot. Smoot is back!
2: Oh, my God. I'm definitely hiring you for all my intros, (laughs) Joe. I don't know. I mean,
1: Joe might charge a pretty penny, you know. he's. he's, He should. uh, I don't know if he comes cheap. Now, smooth before we started recording, you, you said that it's gonna there, you have a cold
0: snap coming down there in Key West and the iguanas are gonna start falling from the trees. And I thought that was the like a focus folksy expression for it getting cold in Florida. And that's not the case. There's literally gonna be reptiles falling from trees hitting hitting the golfers.
2: Uh yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep another eye out, you know. There's a lot of things <laughs> happening out there. It's uh it gets pretty crazy down here. Just add another little element. It's fun stuff.
1: Smooth,
0: (laughs) I have to to ask because Lacey, my girlfriend, you know her well. You shared a bus ride on the way to Nick's wedding that's been talked about ever since. You're still held in such high esteem in our household. So, you know. Greatest
2: bus ride ever.
0: She'll be so happy to hear that. (laughs) Key West, you allude to it being a really crazy sort of surreal place so i live in portland oregon which may as well be you know bangladesh compared to where key west is because we have talked about going down there for like a vacation but if i was to come from portland oregon i wouldn't actually fly directly to key west wouldn't i fly to miami and then there'd be like a weird two-lane bridge that i'd take for several hours to get to key west is that is that what it is
2: uh, you can you could do it either way. You can find a flight into Key West itself, or you could take US one down from Miami. It's a two lane bridge that essentially extends from Key West all the way to the mainland, and uh, it's pretty spectacular. That that sounds suggest.
1: like an experience in itself that you can't miss, right? Like yeah. that's got to be part of the part of the weekend. Like you know, in every movie where they drive from from LA to Vegas, and it's like. In reality, it's like a five-hour drive, but in the movie, everyone's like,
2: "Yeah, let's go,
1: Vegas, baby!" Like, I feel like that bridge—that's—that's that's that lifestyle. Like, you're going to—you're going to Key West. You got to get that bridge. You get the car full, of your buddies, a cooler full of beers being passed around. and Everyone's just like pumped. Like, let's go!
2: It, yeah, that's pretty much it. No, man. no, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> Smooth. How long have you been in Key West now? Um, I wasn't here this past summer, but I'm working on three years, so.
0: Okay. Can you give us a flavor of what it's like down there? Like, if there's reality, you know, here in Portland and other places, like, what is it like down there? Because I just have such crazy images from past conversations with you about it. Can you give folks who haven't listened to you talk about it or are not familiar at all with the area, kind of like what it is like down there?
2: It's pretty laid back. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty chill. I uh, spent the other day out catching yellowtail while you all were freezing. Um, I was out on a boat fishing, just relaxing. It's really easy to find yourself with a beer in your hand at about ten a.m. down here. <laughs> I was going to say warm. you don't
0: seem too stressed out these days, Justin. <laughs>
1: Okay, can I Dude, ask a golf gotta, question? Nick? Gotta is that yeah. okay? No, 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 <laughs> not yet. No. Okay, this is the part of the podcast where we okay. just push all of our other responsibilities to the Great. side and just plan a trip to Key West. Like, okay,
2: I think yeah, that's necessary. I mean, like
1: late February. I mean, I I could probably sw- I could probably swing it late February.
2: You should come down. We like should like get a Friday to Monday. Monday. We should get an at the turn podcast at Key West Golf Club.
1: I bet Billy Myers could be talked into it. Oh, I bet, I bet Romy can. could be talked into it. <laughs> I mean, guys, am I crazy? It, and and smooth. I'm not. I'm not even lying here. When I for the, for that brief period of time, I had the green light to, to to go. I just started. I looked at Airbnbs and like rent a yacht. Like that's the Airbnb scene. It's like rent somebody's yacht. Is that is that for real? Yeah,
2: yeah. That's the thing.
1: So we just we just rent somebody's yacht we put me me billy myers joe and and We post up in somebody's yacht and just play 36 holes of golf for four straight days i mean is is that the play yeah
0: (laughs) justin how expensive isn't it so expensive there or am i i'm I'm googling
1: flights right now sorry podcast (laughs) listeners that were so far off the rails but if you're not also googling flights right now i don't know what you're doing.
0: Justin, can I can I actually afford to come spend like four or five days there? Because I was looking at like Verbo and like Airbnb, and it
2: seems like it's uh, it's not so cheap. It's a pretty penny. Okay. It's a pretty penny if you do it that way. Luckily, y'all know a homie that like lives here. <laughs> oh, now you're talking.
1: <laughs> okay, now we can ask golf questions. I All mean, right. we've got our vacations planned. Smoot, we're crashing late your February. Couch. That's, February. That's, uh, yep, the that inaugural weeks.
0: Justin Smoot Key West Open. <sighs> at the turn okay. Key
2: West open at the
0: turn. Uh, Yes of course the the for, the inaugural at the turn Justin Smoot Key West Invitational because we're not letting anyone in this tournament it's a very exclusive it's, it's, field it's invitational absolutely yeah okay
1: you so you need to Smo- be
2: able to at least drink a suitcase of beers for a team that should be good yeah. one sponsored, suitcase sponsored. but what's
1: even- the what, what's the what's the cheap beer of preference down there sponsored by like Miller Lite or who, who who is presenting this tournament <laughs>
2: yeah uh yeah. Bud light mower light. they should jump Bud at light, the, i I think we could plug them in. they'd probably they'd probably go for that,
0: yeah whatever whatever beer sponsor we can get for this podcast, we're just gonna dub over that right there <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> i I put this out on on the social medias because, believe it or not, Justin, I got to play in a scramble this weekend. Right. It was uh, kind of a weird format. It was it was four guys, but there's a three man scramble, and then one guy played by himself, and then you kind of picked whose ball. They had a straightest drive competition, which I'm not a fan of because I can't, I I can't win those um, lame. So I put it out there. You know, you have KP. Sometimes you got the longest putt, long drive, straight drive. What do you want to win the most? And I assumed everyone was going to say, "Oh, let the big dog eat." Let's. Let's win that long drive. But 54% of people said KP, 30% longest drive, 13% longest putt, and then 3% said they wanted to win straightest drive. So, Justin, can you address those 3% of people who want to win the straightest drive? I'm very confused by that answer.
2: They probably don't hit the ball very far.
0: (laughs) It's a very pragmatic answer. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) it. This
1: is quitter. This is what do you want to win? Like, you know. Think, dream
2: big dream big um my personal preference is always to get the kps i like cleaning up on those
1: yeah i can see see that yeah i to be honest i voted for longest drive and then i was like oh no kp like i'm gonna i'm gonna hit like a, a 325 bomb and then i'm gonna Shank my eighty-seven yard wedge shot coming in, so I'm still gonna make bogey. But if I get KP, like you better believe, I'm for sure making par, and I I might even roll in that five footer or three footer or whatever it is.
2: I mean, the good news about your game, Nick, is that if you do win a KP, you have bogey in the bag. So that's
1: good. <laughs> I do. You know what? You know what? I, I got Arco's this year, Smooty. I'm I'm a, a two point five handicap on the greens. Nice. What does that wait, say about is- the rest of my game? I don't ask. Say,
2: wait, what, 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 <laughs> there? what does that mean? You <laughs> are
0: off the tee. <laughs> it's
2: not what's good. That, what's the index now, nowadays, Nick? Uh, I got it down to 18.0. 18.0. All right. That's that's respectable. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> You're,
0: well, don't they say that the average golfer is 16, so Nick is almost like right in the middle of what an average golfer is?
2: That's not bad. And... You gotta say you never thought he'd be there when he started.
1: <laughs> I the did smoke get a
2: late no, hot.
1: <laughs> look, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of dark and, and low points in my golf game. I, I don't think that's what we brought you on here to to go into, but well, for Nick, sure you've say witnessed, a, you've say witnessed your a lot of career
2: is on the upswing right now. Do you think you're
1: Well, I'm definitely on a uh,
0: I'll answer for you, Nick. It, it it absolutely is because let me tell you this, Justin. Unprompted, I was texting with Romy last weekend when I was waiting at the drive-through pharmacy. The line was like five deep. So we had a wild chat. And he said that he was very impressed. <laughs> Maybe a backhand, a compliment, very Romy style. He might have put I can't wait to really see where this goes. He couldn't believe how far Nick was hitting the ball, but he was very proud of him because the driver. Smoot, you would have been impre- impressed. Nick Nick was putting the driver at their 270, 280 at the corner of Clo Open last
1: year. Well, I got a new, I got a new stick too this year, if we're to be <laughs> honest. So you're beefing it up a little bit. But yeah. in this vein of
0: indexes, Justin, I've always been curious about this because when I take a lesson from somebody, I don't really care if they're like gonna go out and compete and, and try to qualify for the PGA championship or try to win the Oregon amateur or events like that. But if I take a lesson from somebody and then i see them the next day and they can't even make square contact with the ball i'm probably gonna want my money back so (laughs) in your mind what is the absolute floor for a pga professional like their aptitude for a golfer where they should be able to give lessons is it a score is it like a distance that they hit the driver like how do you quantify like okay that person's qualified to teach because they know the game, they can explain it well, but they're also this caliber of player.
2: That's a good question. It's a tough question to answer because your threshold for teaching is obviously a different ball game than your threshold for playing. If you devote a whole lot of time to playing, you take away from your time at teaching. Um, I would say to be a proficient teacher you'd probably at least need to be a single-digit handicap. Um, And it always helps to just be able to be relatable to your students in that way, too. Um, I'm by no means a tournament, like a career tournament-level golfer. Um, I'm out of five right now. Um, But, you know, you get somebody out there that really loves to teach, really gets into it and really dedicated with their students and that student uh, performance level and making them better and enjoying their game. That's uh, I think that's the main thing that you got to look for when you're looking for an instructor, somebody that's invested in you a little bit in your results.
0: I like that. I'm always worried that someone's going to change my thing, Smoot, because I, I vacillate between like a five and an eight and I'm, I'm not going to get better than that unless I take some lessons and invest in it, but I'm so worried about someone reworking my swing and like I get to a point where I can't crack the threshold of being a single digit handicap again. So like in your opinion, how much time – I know this is kind of an impossible question to answer, but like how how – should I be happy being a single digit handicap? Like, or should I just try to grind and get down to that like one, two, three? Cause it feels like the space between a six and a two is so huge compared to like a six or to an eleven. Like that feels like a huge jump.
2: Uh well, yeah, you're exactly right. It is. There's less strokes to there's less strokes to find out there. Yeah. Um you get a lot of enjoyment out of your game right now? Do you think you get any more enjoyment by being a two?
0: See that's the thing, and that's a great way to think about it because no, the amount of time I would have to commit to be a two, I wouldn't enjoy that. And like, sure, I'm going to make two doubles around, but I'm going to make four birdies, so it's it's fine. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs>
1: totally. I love that perspective. That that, that that it's just helpful to talk with Smoot about this stuff. No, it is. And if somebody, if somebody like, if Romy texted me right now and said, "Hey Nick, when's the last time Joe took a golf lesson?" I, I would have said, "In high school." I mean is is that accurate? Yeah, it is. I mean, I have a loop in my swing, but I I've grooved it for
0: 25 years, so it's like I don't, don't want to get rid of that. There it's in there, it's ingrained.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I guess I guess to, for Smoot, like it, it, for guys like Joe who who just, you know, I would call Joe a field player. Um, you know, he's he's That's generous, thank you. <laughs> he's <laughs> He has what he has and he, he works it pretty good. You know, are, are those the guys you see or you want to see on the on the lesson tee or are you want to see, you know, beginners or like people who are retiring who are now going to invest themselves in the game? I mean, wh- who who should be like, I should get some lessons or who should be like, you know what? It's probably not for me at this point in my
2: life. Well, lessons are a little different than having a coach. Best players on tour have a coach. There's not a player on tour minus Bubba Watson who doesn't have a coach. Um, if the best players in the world have a coach, it's probably good for you to have one too. Um, obviously, if Joe's hitting the ball to a five or a six, I'm probably not going to touch his swing very much. But if we're looking to get down to two and a three, Joe, when was the last time you tracked your stats on your greens and regs? Your I mean, beyond like, them? you know,
0: greens and reg and number of putts and things like that. Like, I don't I don't know, like, launch monitor statistics or anything like that.
2: Well, I mean, the game isn't played on launch monitor. It's played on the course, right? Now we're talking. See,
0: this is the, the, <laughs> <Smoot's> my kind <laughs> of coach. I love sir.
2: <laughs> but you got to find out where those strokes are coming from if you want to take that down to a six and a two. And it might not be, you know, there might be a part of a game that you've overlooked where you don't think maybe it's your proximity to the hole when you're hitting your irons. Maybe it's where you find yourself, where you're hitting your irons. Are you managing the course properly to get your ball around there in a fewest amount of strokes?
0: I have a very dumb theory of what it is because I do think it's actually my mid irons because I, I pretty, I can hit a three iron off the tee really well. I feel like I'm a, like a pretty good wedge player. Like if I'm 125 yards in, I feel like I'm going to put it, you know, within 20 feet half the time. Because courses are set up at such a length, I feel like I never hit five irons, six irons into greens like ever. I feel like I never have those chances because if I'm on a par four and I hit a driver, if it's 425 or less, I'm going to have like a nine or an eight iron into the green. If it's a par five, I'm probably going to have a long iron or a, a wood into a green. I feel like that's the area where I really screw up if I have like... I don't know. A 3 iron off the tee to a 425 yard par 4 and then I have, you know, 200 in and it's like, "All right, let's hit this nice 5 iron." And then I put it in someone's backyard and my 2 under just turned into 3 over and a round that could have been 70 is now going to be 78 and it's like that happens in the blink of an eye. I'm like, "What
2: what just happened?" It happens in a fraction of a second that you hit a golf ball. Dude. <laughs>
0: I had one, I had one last year where I went birdie, birdie, triple, birdie on the last four holes to shoot even on the last four. And it's like, <laughs> that that basically sums up my game. Like, I don't know how to get rid of those big numbers. It's just a brain fart one once or twice around, and it just disrupts everything. I know this is the story of every golfer, but is that just committing to every shot? Is it something that a coach could help me with? Or am I just a basket case no it, uh
2: it definitely is certainly good to have a coach help you with that kind of thing um so something for that me personally what i would do is trying to get you it sounds like you're getting pretty result oriented out there a little bit
0: that's yeah you're getting
2: it, you're getting it tied into the score more so than the process of just going out and playing the game oh my
0: god okay how much do i owe you justin
2: this is, this is gold. <laughs> Keep going, please. <laughs> but I mean it's something. It's easy to do in golf. You know, we, we start attaching the score to how we enjoy the game. If uh I think we're all better off served a little bit if we all just go out there and try to detach ourselves from the outcomes from shot to shot and just go out there and beat the ball around the course.
0: Bro, I, think we'd be I surprised was surprised at
2: how good we would uh we'd be able to play this game.
0: Uh, yes so my my foursome they're all like 15 to 20 handicappers the guys that i play with every week they're all they're all relatively new to the game but they have a great time and want to play a lot when we i always keep score because no matter what they're doing in the trees i know exactly what everyone got on the hole. and they're like trying to be like i don't know, one two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> and i i i just cannot comprehend and th- th- this is a common thing so i i know i'm the crazy one here I can't understand how a golfer can be on a course and not know exactly where they stand on the hole and in the round at all times. I, I can't comprehend that. I, you're right. I'm so results-oriented.
1: I, I don't have a lot of, of, of real low rounds, but I did this year have, have my lowest career round, and I didn't know where I, where I stood, like, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 holes in. I just was making – pars and bogeys you know for for a 20 handicapper that's pretty good and um you know i i i just was like i you know i knew where i where i stand on the hole but i do i think the last year or so i've gotten pretty good at like not thinking about where i am in relation to par or in relation to bogey uh you know after every hole like it's not weighing on me like this big scoreboard it's just like yeah you know i'll I'll figure it out at the end and usually I, i have a pretty good idea but um it is more fun, I will say. You you get you get some more enjoyment out of the game if you're not just like, ah shit, well, well I'm two under. I played those last two two under. I better make a triple here. <laughs> so, how did you do that? I don't know. I mean, I had a baby and uh <laughs> that might have had something to do with it. You know, I got this this <laughs> new perspective. Um you know, it it, it just I can't get to the golf course as much as I, as much as I could. So it's really like, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be at the golf course and not be in a good mood. So I'm just going out there and and having fun and, and enjoying it. And you just don't really think about the score as much, you know, it's like, nobody gives a shit. Like literally I'm going to come home. I talk to like two people in my, in my everyday life. Like (laughs) the the fact that I'm talking to you guys is like, it's, it's, it's a huge deal for my week. Uh, you know, so nobody gives a shit. So what? A, why? Why should I care? I'm gonna. I probably woke up at five a.m. to go play at the crack of dawn, so I could still have a regular day. It's the only time I can squeeze some golf in. And so I'm not doing that to get mad because I made a double on the first hole and gonna ruin the rest of my morning.
0: All right. Well, Smoot, I'm not having kids. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> like, is, is is there a mindset that I should have with each sh- shot? Like. If if I'm starting to have one of these rounds where I start to think about score and get really results oriented, or is even that mindset leading me down results oriented that I tie a thought process to a specific result? Like, can you can you suggest getting out of my own way? Like I'm a very Ooh. I'm 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 not someone who gets mad at like a bad result of a shot. Like I'll just <laughs> rete and be like, all right, well, that's a six, who cares? But like I definitely think results while I'm out there.
2: Mm. You got a pretty uh, solid pre-shot routine there, Joe.
0: I do. I'm I'm very much like one one swing behind the ball, couple waggles, look and go. i um, Nick. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty fast player, aren't I? Yeah. Okay.
2: Hmm. Uh you know, I read an interesting thing from Rory the other day that helps him stay in the process, and a tip that he uses is he looks at a spot about three inches in front of the ball and just tries to hit it really hard over that spot. He says that helps him keep in, keep himself in the process. I haven't been on a course to try it, but it seems like it would work.
0: <laughs> I like that. So basically just pick up where you're trying to start the golf ball, look at yeah. that spot, and just try to send it at that spot. Essentially. I'll try anything, Justin. Just, I can't try. wait to try that in five months. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hopefully February, night.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. A few weeks from now.
0: We'll be down, down in there. Florida. <laughs> mm. Justin. Okay. Did you see this article? It actually came out today. We're, I, I don't know where we're going to post this, but we're recording this in late January. A thing was making the rounds on the interwebs. It was a uh, 1973 article written by Lee Trevino in Golf Magazine about tips to prevent slow play. And there were 10 of them. And I want to rip through them, and we can all sort of assess what Lee had to say in 1973. But before we do that, Smoot, what is your take on slow play?
2: There's never an excuse for it. You can be yeah. terrible at this game. Keep swinging and moving.
0: <laughs> do you think, like, does any slow player know
1: they're a slow player? No. The answer is no.
2: No, they're oblivious. They are <laughs> oblivious to, to the fact
1: if you look at like I don't know, I'm gonna make up stats. Ninety percent of <laughs> golfers me will me say up. slow play go. is is the thing I hate most about golf, and and ninety percent of players play slow, but they'll but ninety percent of players will say, oh, "Well, I don't play slow." Yeah, and I think the reason I think that is is because slow play isn't something I think it's not something you do on every shot, like. If I lose a ball, I hit one out of bounds. Maybe maybe you're looking too long. Maybe this search party takes longer than it should. And over most of your shots, you're perfectly fine, just normal pace. But if a percentage of your shots, you're taking a couple extra minutes, those really add up. And if you've got two golfers or three golfers in your group doing that, then it really adds up. And I think that's a bigger problem than like taking two extra seconds over the ball or yeah. 10 extra seconds, whatever it is.
2: Slow play really doesn't necessarily mean that you're playing slow it just means you're moving through the golf course slowly it doesn't mean that you're taking a long time to actually play your golf ball it comes from not being ready to hit from leaving your cart in a crazy position where you got to walk all the way over the hole to get back to your cart to drive on it's just things that add up time that make other people wait, and there's other golfers out there, people. There are other golfers out there that paid the same amount of money you did. So move it along, Get your ass moving <laughs> says Smoot.
1: How much? I, I would have thought that slow play is not an issue in Key West.
2: Is that? Oh, is it's that, a terrible issue. I actually got. To go I would have to thought the it. opposite. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, you know, we got it's it's a re, it's basically kind of like a resort course. Everybody comes out there from the day from wherever, but. You know, how how
1: long does it take to get to get through? Right? If, I, if I tee off, I don't know. 9 a.m. on Saturday morning at, at, at Key West. How long does it take? Well, 9 a.m. Through?
2: We'll get you out there about 4:20 ish. We'll, we'll get you okay. right. what's, the, what's
1: the slow? What's the slow time?
2: Slow time is about you know 11 o'clock after everything gets going. People are sending yeah. one on the front nine. Most people are about hammer drunk by 11. God,
0: oh, I, we got a guy. Smoot, is anyone allowed to be sober on your golf course?
2: It's it's highly frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Are you guys ready to hear from Lee Trevino? Yeah. Well, see what Lee has to say.
0: All right, cool. So this is from 1973. He has 10 tips on how to make golf faster. His first one, shorter courses. Here's the quote from Lee. There has been over the past few years, I guess in the early 70s, a trend toward longer and tougher golf courses, which has contributed vastly toward the longer, time-consuming process of getting in 18 holes. Enough is enough when you consider the average national handicap is 16. Smoot, what do you say about that?
2: Eh, just add another tee box.
1: <laughs> I would say... It's the color of the T's. That's where the pride comes from. It's not the length. It's not the length of the course you're playing. It's not your your ability. It's the color of the T's. And, and, you know, that's where the pride comes from. If you just change around the colors or move the colors to Brandy. a different location, exactly. that's that's the solution.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, Lee, strike one. Number two, fewer bunkers. Quote from Lee Trevino, these courses have had enough sand to wear out a core of camels, he writes. There are some architects around to whom I have talked to are leaning more towards the sixty four hundred and sixty five and 6,500-yard courses with traps that the average hacker can put out of, fewer traps, and the accent on the trees as hazards. So more trees, fewer bunkers, says Lee Trevino. Yeah. Smooth, is he crazy? I'm
2: going to say not crazy on that one. <laughs> okay. Bunkers Mixed. take a while for a lot of people to get out of. They're hard. It's sand. Hard. It's, not, it's di- different than grass. That's fine.
0: Nick's already <laughs> over this bit, but we're going to keep going. Number three, Leitrovino wants more Rangers on the course. This one I completely agree with. Mm. I, I don't know what's going on in the city of Portland. A lot of fantastic courses out there, but man, all the old men just sit in a cart at the first tee and don't do a damn thing on the course. It's very confusing.
1: Get out there and shout at somebody. It's what you're out there for. Hmm. I, I disagree. I am waiting for Smoot to respond, but I am just gonna go out there and say I one hundred percent disagree. We need properly <sighs> trained rangers. We don't need
2: more mm. ill trained rangers.
1: No, you need properly trained golfers. Nobody needs police out there in the golf course. <laughs> like we're out there trying to have fun. Like this is the one sliver of fun we get in our week. Like, do you want? Do you really want somebody nagging you?
0: They'll never nag me because I'm I'm operating correctly. I'm at the perfect yeah. level of drunk, and I'm playing the proper pace. Yeah, but what
1: if somebody in your group's not?
0: Well, then I, sh- I I whip them into shape. Then that's my responsibility. Exactly, and we that's what we need. We don't Maybe need
2: more rangers. We, we need, need Maybe more self policing golfers. Maybe we need to designate a captain for every foursome. Yes, Ooh.
1: like like the pro shops to say, Joe, you're in charge of your foursome's pace today, and if you come in by three forty five, you get a round of beers for your group. Otherwise, I don't know what. Else. I mean. That would be that. It sounds like especially to, Key West.
2: Nice. I think, I we're, think on yes. we're on to
1: something too. Like the if you guys for are here forcing. here, here's a coupon for a round of beers. It expires at three forty five. Come and get it. That'll speed up your pace of play right there.
0: I love it. Okay, so uh an end to honors is is the fourth one from Lee Trevino. He wants to play ready golf. I'm I'm all about this one. No oh, no, no more honors ready golf at all times. You guys agree with that one? Yeah. Yep. Okay, great. Number 5, Smoot, you talked about this earlier. Park your cart at the back of the green. Like it's no it's it's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lees back at our good graces. I don't I don't Never take s-
1: golf carts. You only walk? I only walk.
2: Nick is a purist. He's pure the purest 18 hand cap you'd ever see. I am. Well, that's why he's an eighteen because he's 18 using the hickory shaft smooth. <laughs> okay. Number. I six. was so
1: close. No, no. I'm interjecting here, <laughs> guys. I've it. never been in in seventeens. Like eighteen point zero is my lowest, and I had like 17. four. I had like four chances to just like I don't know break ninety and, and get there, and I just went the I just went the wrong direction at the end of the. Year. It was it was so sad. You're like, being too results oriented, brother. I know. God, you're so – That's right, what Coach six. is telling you. <laughs> Number six.
0: I like this one. Fewer practice swings. Way fewer. Who's that bro? I, th- I think the, the Australian Matt Jones who has the address the ball to hit the ball. It's like less than five seconds. I saw him in Kapalua. I love that. Play faster, baby. What are we waiting for?
2: Nothing good happens when
0: you start thinking over a golf ball. <laughs>
1: no.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Nick, do you practice swing?
1: um i don't really think so uh maybe every once in a while but i i think for the most part i don't take a practice swing i also i also don't really feel like if you're keeping your ball in play practice swings are what's slowing down the the course uh, the course's pace of play that day so i would say take your practice swings there's plenty of other places to save time don't take more than two if you if you need a practice swing but But like, that's probably not the thing we need to we need to complain about. I've gotten in this habit
0: of doing like a fake practice swing, just kind of like a 50 percent, just kind of move my hips, get up to the ball, waggle a few times, look and go. And it's worked for me for a while now. All right. Number seven. uh, I'm going to take this one, guys, because Lee Trevino says you should stop marking your golf ball. Take
1: this one over to Dane Delgado. (laughs) He is
0: dead wrong, and I'll tell you why. That's because Matchstick Golf has just released their brand-new Putterade ball marker, a classic take on the 1995 glass bottle from Gatorade. This one is bigger and better than ever. And, of course, it's magnetic, so smooth. It's going to attach to that hat clip or divot tool. And right now... You can get the putter aid or any fabulous ball marker from Matchstick Golf for 20% off by using that promo code turn20 at matchstickgolf.com. Sorry Lee, you were wrong there. Keep marking your golf ball.
1: I, I don't mark my ball when I when I'm playing just just a casual round.
0: We have no, one sponsor of this podcast, and it's a ball marker company if I'm, if I'm and the playing in a league, listens to every at hemlock episode.
1: ridge you know with, with then I'll mark it then I'll mark it if it's a formal tournament if it's the corner club open i'll i will i will mark that baby and i'm just if I'm just playing i I don't mark it
0: any <laughs> shipments that you have coming to you from matchstick golf are being
1: returned to sender right now. As soon as just got, I just got it yesterday, that's why I feel. That's why I feel <laughs> liberated to uh, to make this, this stance. No, I just I'm playing by myself. What am I gonna mark my ball for? It's five a.m. Joe. Remember, the sun's coming up. I, got, I gotta get home I <laughs> to feed the baby breakfast.
0: <laughs> okay, we have three. We have, we have three more from from Lee Trevino that we gotta get through. He says. Through, Lee says we have two waggles only. Don't waggle more than twice over the ball. Smoot, how many waggles do you have over the mm. ball? Do you waggle at
1: all?
2: I love a good waggle. I love yeah. a good waggle.
1: You strike me as a, as a big time waggle guy. It feels I'm big,
2: good. I'm a big fan of the waggle. Um, good waggle equals better shots, <laughs> equals quicker play. Hit the ball uh, less, you play quick. Smoot's.
1: Uh, Bryson DeChambeau would, would have some major beef to pick with with All Smoots takes because you know he's got these, these no, killer one liners, but there's there's absolutely no data behind him.
0: That's that's a good. Bad kind of great play. shots. Just
1: I love it.
2: Love a good. Get life. your science
1: out of here. All right, two more.
0: No more television acting on the greens. All right, so this one's going to take a little <laughs> bit of explaining, which I'm sure Nick is excited about. Quote, I played with a fellow recently who before each putt took a half dozen practice strokes before he'd step up to the ball. Finally, I pointed out to him that all those practice strokes didn't seem to be doing much good since he couldn't hole anything longer than Pancho Villa's mustache.
1: Ooh. Snap. Damn. More from yeah,
0: More from Lee. I'd estimate that 75% or more of the average players wastes too much time green reading. Reading a green is simple. Bermuda grows toward the setting sun. Bent grass grows downhill. That's it. That's all you need to know about greens. Nick hates it. Smoot loves it. Is that I, I, fair assessment? I, I
1: like a lot of this. I don't like some some of it also. I'll, I'll let Smoot go first.
2: Read your putts while other people are putting. My mom always your said. "You're to go. Get up and hit the ball.
0: My mom always said, go to school. When someone else is putting, watch what they're doing while looking at your putt, and you should be ready to go when it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number 10 is my absolute favorite because Hold I – Hold on. No, I, no, 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 no. Oh, I remember okay. what I was going to say.
1: All right. Okay, great. Go ahead. You, Joe, how many times – because Smoot probably knows the answer to this question. Joe, you're going. You're playing a course. Can you identify the strain of grass on the green? Like, Are you like, oh, well, this is – bent grass it's growing down grain or are you I mean am I the only guy who, who doesn't know what type of grass he's putting on
0: I mean I know the grasses look different like the grass at Kapalua was like what kind of a grass is, that, is
1: is that the, the course you play what kind at of grass my is course there? yeah it's Glendivere grass <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Glendivere golf course no I have I, I have no idea but I think Bermuda- exactly which
1: is which is not an indictment on you it's just like okay Lee chill out I'm not sitting here saying, well, it's Bermuda grass, so it's it's growing towards the setting sun, or it's bent grass, so it's growing down, downhill.
2: <laughs> Get him, Smoot. <laughs> Get him, Smoot! I don't even know what that's about. Just hit your putt quicker. Let's move hit on. It it. Exactly. Just, just hit it quicker. Just be
1: ready to putt and just hit now, it.
2: Now, this you're probably. One gonna, love, you know
1: what? You're probably going to two putt. Statistically speaking, you're probably going to two putt.
2: Or three.
0: Oh Yeah, that's that's going to happen. Not three putt pars, not, mm, not that's me. my specialty. Not me. Um. So this one is the last one, and I, I think this is really where our group captain comes into play that we talked about. Allow partial par three playthrough, and I would also say short par fours as well. When you're on a par three that's longer than 200 yards or a par four that's shorter than 280 yards, if you get to the green, wave people up. Let them hit. Even if they're not going to get there, which they're probably not, at least give them the try and play will speed up. There needs to be little signs on the greens instructing the group what to do when they get to the green to try to wave them up. I'm a big proponent of this. Fellas, am I off my rocker?
2: Good take. Good take. No, that's true. That's true. A lot of right. backup happens because people are swinging for the fences and then they don't have any idea where they hit their golf off. Just hit it. You can move. You're 300, down, you're 300 yards down range. You can see it coming. You'll be able right. to move. Exactly. Just look back. You'll be fine.
1: Nick? Smoot, how easy is it to get eight drunk guys at, at Key West Golf Course all on the same page from 300 yards away?
2: <laughs> it's impossible.
0: I bet it's... Yeah. <laughs> I sleep at, they're pretty used to it. Like Someone had to have taken a header at some point, right, Smoot?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot more Nick, in you- than in Key West Golf Club.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, I have a Mad Golfer of the Week. Do you have anything else you want to ask Smoot before I get to that? Ah, uh,
1: no, no, no. I, Are you I mean, sure? I, anything else I want to ask Smoot? I'll just I'll just ask him in a couple of weeks when I when yeah, I. Yeah. Exactly. Just, just think of your questions when you get down there in February. So, Smoot, we
0: have a bit here that we do on the show. It's called the Mad Golfer of the Week. And I first noticed when I was looking at reviews of, like, courses I haven't played before in, in Palm Springs or places I was going on vacation, that even at the nicest golf courses in America, folks find a way to get pissed off. I saw someone gave the plantation course two stars the stadium course appreciate westle gave it one star like all these outlandish reviews basically expecting the best so for this week the fellas when we are recording this they're out at tory pines Ooh. they're playing the north course one round but they're mostly on the south course this this venue is hosted US opens Joe, i um, thought you were going to hit him
1: with a with a key west golf club no i would there's, never do
2: that to him oh there's some good ones on there you got to read the trip advisors <laughs>
0: Alright, that's Key West Golf Club. Maybe we'll do that next week for, for Smoot. This one, this one is for um Torrey Pines the South course. It starts, and this is from SoCal Golfer 12345. Yeah. Definitely a real person. It starts. Do not golf here. <laughs> I've played here over two dozen times. And the only nice or even competent staff member I have met is Chuck the Starter. (laughs) Everyone else is a complete and utter buffoon. There is a long history of just getting the care and treatment from nearly every type of staff. Just test this the next time you are here and try to kill the staff with kindness and see what you get in return. In my most recent experience, my tee time was at 8.10, and my playing partner shows up to the tee box at 8.05. I paid for him and check him well before the 20 minutes tee time, like their policy states. And I watched the starter berate him, saying that we are already one and a half holes behind, but he was five minutes early. I know this trick they do because they're notorious for overbooking. They have at least 20 singles foaming at the mouth to get out, so if you're five minutes early, they will give away your tee time to a scavenger. (laughs) This is mind blowing how they don't change their ways. I mean, a course like this shouldn't have 3.3 on golf advisor. Take that as a serious sign management. That's soCal golfer. One, two, three, four, five. I loved that one. Call them the single scavengers. Smoot, how much how much do you guys read the reviews of your golf course? Like, do you guys go on there, have beers, and just crack up about what they're saying on there?
2: Oh, daily.
1: (laughs) I mean, what time? You have a tea time at Torrey Pines and you're showing up at 8.05 for an 8.10 tea time? What kind (laughs) of idiot are you?
0: I know. I'm showing up at 5.05 for that tea time at Torrey Pines. That one's on. Yeah, they're going to give
1: your tea time away.
0: Smoot, do you have any openings if someone wants to book a lesson with you down there?
2: Uh... Uh yeah, I could probably squeeze somebody in.
0: How about Tuesday at nine p.m.? Can so can you do Tuesday <laughs> at nine or nine, 9 a.m.?
2: Tuesday's my day off, so we'll go out to the sandbar and hit balls. There you go. See, that actually sounds like more fun.
0: That's where I need my work is at a fairway bunker's. So I have no idea what I'm doing in there.
2: Well, actually do you have a
0: quick tip for fairway bunkers? <laughs> I really don't know what I'm doing out of there.
2: Speaking of which <laughs> Quiet lower body. You got to make sure your spine angle stays the same. You got to maintain your spine angle. You can't come out of it.
0: Okay. Quiet lower body, maintain spine angle. I can just visualize myself sculling it right into the lip of the bunker. I can just see it right now <laughs> and get a better visual okay yeah i'll have to work on that <laughs> stop being so results oriented that's my takeaway and it should be your takeaway as well justin smoot you are so nice to grace us with your time he is the assistant professional at key west golf club but more importantly he is our friend justin thank you for your time big fella thank you
2: guys love you both good to, Thanks, good to talk yeah, to you
1: we'll, we'll be crashing on that i'll, I'll be sleeping on that very couch in like the next four weeks i, I, I can't wait
2: that sounds awesome
1: I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.